0: put on your big hollywood sunglasses and light the torch because it's cellar time As the prophecy was foretold I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel And I'm Broadcaster Nichols And today We are going to be talking about A little thing called Battle Royale 7.0 I think we're at 7.0 You tell me Broadcaster Nichols Are we at 7.0 Answer now
1: 11.0
0: God damn it I knew I was behind Uh yeah Warzone You've been playing a lot of Warzone haven't you
1: can't confirm nor deny.
0: And uh, what do you think?
1: But it is very good. Yeah, it is very yeah. good.
0: So, so do you? When we first started, I was very much still in favor of Blackout, and I've slowly, it's kind of sw- slowly went the other way with me as I've played it more. How about you?
1: Yeah, I th- I think it's better than Blackout in pretty much every single way. The only thing. And I think you touched on it almost immediately. Was like it's just blackout had this really cool RPG aspect going with it, with it, or with its loot, I should say. Yeah, you know, you like you, you got that chest. Sometimes it was just bunk. Sometimes it was just fucking the perfect roll. You were just like yes. But now with Warzone, it's they lost that. It's totally gone. But they do you do get those moments with other elements of Warzone instead. You know, where it, like um, a, good, uh, a good example is the, load, uh, the loadout chess. So now instead of just getting that random uh, aspect and finding the attachments you want, they put it in your hands. They're like, no, dude, go play multiplayer or just play Warzone if you just have the free-to-play version of Call of Duty and level up those guns as you play more and more. And you get to equip the attachments you want on your guns and you get to build your loadout. So it's almost this chase for loadouts instead of a chase for the perfect chest. You yeah. know, so, so it's there in one aspect, but it, it's just not the same. It, and it never will. Be,
0: you no. Know? For sure. I, I'm, I'm surprised okay. how different it was from Blackout. It seems like it has more in common with Apex and Blackout, which being that Blackout is another Call of Duty, you would not expect that. It does have a
1: I'd say it does. The only thing that's different to me is that it's gunplay. Guns are firing completely different. I suck at Apex. That's why I never really picked got, got used to it and picked it up, because I just couldn't wrap my head around how the guns fired with recoil. I never could make a fucking shot. It just, I didn't like the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, same here. Apex, uh, Apex was a total dud, and the hype over it was so manufactured. Feeling, wonder it did. Yeah.
1: I think it felt manufactured just because, and I, I would suspect it actually was just because it came out of nowhere. It did. You know, it really it did. Just, and it had such momentum out of nowhere. You have to pay for that type of momentum. There's no way you can just be like, oh yeah, we got this battle royale, and then everyone's just like fucking, okay, cool, let me do a two-hour Twitch live stream
0: of the premiere.
1: Like, that this doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe the coolest thing about Apex was just the the music when you're coming down from the, the ship in the sky and the dinosaurs that just roamed around the island. Like, literally, those are my two favorite things about the game. So that kind of yeah. tells you where I'm at with Apex Legends. Uh
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing I'd say about that game in particular is just it had some elements of Titanfall in it that drew me to it initially. And then I, I left.
0: (laughs) They're so loose though. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the only
1: thing that intrigued me though. I was like, Oh, this game's based off assets from Titanfall. Okay. You got my attention.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I still believe that if they would have made an actual Titanfall battle royale with Titans instead of the pilots, I think it could have been big and it could have been like a game changer, but they just pushed out and went with the easy, obvious route yeah. But
1: Yeah, back to Warzone though. It, it's definitely the best Battle Royale in my opinion out there right now. I'm really interested to see how it um Fortnite and PUBG and uh is, what's is there any others that I'm forgetting will be affected by
0: uh, no. Yeah. I think no. that's it. Those are the titans, right? Yeah, those are like I the I mean, big Blackout's ones. gone.
1: <laughs> that's well, it's it's much not just faded with Warzone coming out.
0: It's not on console. It's People are still playing it today on console. You get instant queues still. Really? Today? Matches. Yep, today. Why would people with be playing? Out. Really? Well, I mean, it's probably just a lot of... You know, the PS4s, it has a lot of broke people who play it, you know? So, like, with PC gamers... Warzone's free, though. PC gamers are... Oh, I guess that's true... But it, I think the still it still holds because there's the sunken uh, cost fallacy that you deal with with these types of games, where there is a huge amount of people on PS4 that have been playing Blackout for a very long time, and they have it licked. They have the map licked. They have every aspect of it licked, and it, to them it's become like this coliseum with Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix up in the rafters <laughs> giving the thumbs up or thumbs down. And when they hear about Warzone, even if it is technically better, I don't think those people are going to jump to it that quick because to them, it's almost like it's a competitor to their game. And that's one thing with Battle Royales that I have come to realize is that it's become sort of like the console wars of the 90s. You take a side, you're an Apex player, or you're a Fortnite player, or you're a Blackout player, or you're a Warzone player, etc. Like they're all like a tribe now, I think. Absolutely. For sure. And on, on the console, the tribe is strong with Blackout. PC, you're right; it fucking vanished into the wind.
1: It was crazy how fast it started to go.
0: Hmm. I mean, to write actually, you know,
1: this is give you an idea of how fickle PC people are. To be honest, today or no, it was yesterday. I think you were in the party with me in Warzone. Uh, you started t- you started firing back at them, but they were talking about how the player base was already diminishing, quote unquote, to them and i kind of just chuckled because i'm just like really is he i actually wondered if he was telling the truth maybe there's some merit to that but i was like are there really people dropping off of this game already like <laughs> why <laughs> it's a great game it's free
0: yeah yeah and the the free aspect is really interesting because to me that makes it seem like uh activision as a publisher has decided that modern warfare is going to carry the moniker of the battle royale, and it makes no sense to have a competitor under your own umbrella. So, to me, Warzone being free to play and persistent beyond this iteration of modern warfare means that Treyarch's probably been told you're not allowed to do battle royale anymore, and that Blackout's going to be a one and done. What do you think?
1: It's hard to say, you know, I think all of these things are on the whim of success. You know, it's all a matter of numbers. Then no matter how we perceive it, you know, Warzone's gonna have to make a certain amount of money to keep it in the hands of Infinity Ward. And that's just that's it, period. I mean, we could always theorize on what Activision will really do just based on the actions we see them take, but behind the scenes it's purely monetary. I mean, so we have to see how well Warzone does and then I would base to see where Battle Royale would actually where Battle Royale will permanently because we have seen one iteration with Blackout, you know, and uh, me and you both played the shit out of it. It's really well done. The only thing in my eye eyes that it really lacked was players on the PC, and I don't know what they could have really done to save that, to be honest. I think that was... I. Hmm. More and more, I'm starting to think that's just the nature of PC players is there's just such a huge, vast ocean of games out there for PC players to play so they don't waste their time on things they're starting to get bored with easily. Yeah. And, you know, that might just be it. But nonetheless, Blackout was a knockout to, for me and Warzone is just an even bigger knockout as I'm more and more I play it. So it, I don't know, with that being said, why Treyarch would not deserve to get another chance, you know? They ushered it in, and then they just get it ripped out of their hands because Infinity Ward was up next to make another Call of Duty? Uh, that doesn't really seem fair, even it if it was a success, well. you know? So, maybe yeah. it's just going to trade off every year. Maybe that's a way to keep mod- our, uh, Battle Royale Listen. fresh, in Activision's case, you know? Just make another version every year with the new Call of Duty, and if they do, don't like that one. There's always the old one to fall back on, you know, and that's actually pretty smart because to this day, like you said, there's blackouts still going. So if for some reason, Warzone just fucking bailed on launch day, they still had fucking blackout going.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, I think Warzone is doing phenomenally right now. I haven't seen a whole lot of data, but the little I have seen points to, I think double the peak users of uh, Apex Legends on their opening weekend. That's so, awesome. I love it. In Apex Legends, that. they set records with that. Like that's why the hype was so real continuing past the first, you know, couple days it was out because these numbers came out in the media and everyone's like, "Wait a second, how many people are playing this? Maybe I should check it out." But I think it kind of fizzled when a lot of people saw the the real the real guts of the game because once you get I remember what happened with me with Apex. I was trying to gut it out and just I kept going with it for a couple, like maybe two weeks. And I got my first win maybe like 10 days in and the win felt so empty. I did not enjoy it at all. And I just sat there thinking, dude, if this is the best feeling I can get from this game, I'm not playing this game (laughs) anymore. And that is when I quit. I quit after my first win.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's why Blackout and now Warzone feels so good. You dude, I start sweating when I get down to
0: the the
1: top five,
0: you know? Like
1: literally start sweating. It's very tense, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The uh the final couple of collapses actually feels a lot more dangerous in Warzone. And that's one thing I like about it as opposed to Blackout. With Blackout, I almost got more calm in the last couple of I mean, okay. So the final with Blackout, I'm going to say the final collapse was super nerve wracking, but the two before it almost felt kind of calm. Like everyone's kind of in their set position, not going to be a whole lot of movement. We're all just kind of waiting for like the one idiot that does something stupid that we kill it, This one it, like the last three feel super dangerous. And like you said, like I, I get a little sweaty in all of them, not just the last one.
1: Hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, I- It'd be interesting to see if they actually nerf it though, because it's so drastically different because in in blackout, you know, you could like dive into the shield and almost use it as a play. You know, they won't, they don't expect you coming out of the shield on the other side of the building or the bubble, I should say, you know, but on Warzone, fucking you, there ain't, you can't play that. You go into that gas, especially without a gas mask, you're fucking dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And outlander was so much more powerful than the gas mask. The the gas mask works for like what? Five seconds. It's it's really it's interesting to see how
1: little the gas mask actually works. I I I I wouldn't be surprised to see if that gets bought.
0: It should, and it should be more common too. Like, why is that a legendary item? That should just be as common as armor. Maybe add grades like a level one gas mask, level two, level three, because I feel like that's one spot of this game where a lot of it's really deep, there's a lot of deep aspects to this mode, that's not one of them. The gas mask feels very shallow and kind of underpowered.
1: Yeah, and it, it's an opportunity to expand on RPG elements that Blackout have, you know, because the gas mask and armor plates and um, um, I don't know if there's really anything else I'm missing, but those are things you can't equip in your loadout things that you don't level up, things that you don't earn outside of Warzone that you can take advantage of. You have to find them on the map. So anything that they evolve or add in that way, I, I take as a plus.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so far, it seems like all of the plans they have for the future are good, good plans. Like, they're going to add Solo and Duo and Five-Man instead of Quads, which I think is brilliant. I really want to try the Five-Man version because... I've never played a battle royale with a team that big before, and I could imagine if you had a really coordinated team, it could be really fun.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just really stoked to see how all the modes play, like, especially just coming from a blackout PC player because I saw how each mode was ushered in, and it just some fell absolutely flat and never came out again. Some ruined the game by taking way too much attention away from other modes, you know, like that. So yeah. I'm interested to see how those take those go.
0: Well, the good news is with cross play on this one, the community will never die. Like we're never going to deal with Warzone Not having, that's Hughes. a good point. Yeah. So I, that's one, re- like with blackout, I told you like, I think maybe eight months in, I was like, dude, Fuck this, get rid of all of the modes except for the standards. I don't care how cool Hot Pursuit is, or whatever mode, fucking Alcatraz, they destroy the queue, and then you can only play specialty modes that only appeal to a small portion of the player base that's literally controlling what people are playing. It was so dumb. You could not get a standard mode in Blackout for, like, what, the last year we played it?
1: Yeah, it was sad.
0: It was sad. It
1: was really sad, and especially because they even tried to band-aid it you know by only doing a cycle of modes every week and even when they did that people still wouldn't play them, you yep. know they had to always have hot pursuit or alcatraz available yeah. it, it really took away from the game
0: it did i think that was one of the biggest mistakes they made that and like the lack of cross play and that might have been politics it might have been out of their control i'm not sure but either way it was a they were both really big mistakes and kind of nailed the coffin of the game way earlier than it should have.
1: Yeah. But you know to switch back to Treyarch and whether they'll not get the battle royale. I hope they actually don't to be honest. I hope that Warzone is a big enough success that maybe uh, Modern Warfare is the is the Call of Duty that has the campaign and battle royale. All the time. You know, every other year you get that. And then the with Treyarch and their year, you get a full fleshed out zombie mode and maybe something new that we haven't thought of. You know, <laughs> Gam- something. Whatever it may be. Because, hey, I Guardian, think one, get in my van. One thing Black Ops really, really suffered from was it spread itself far too thin. You know, Blackout launched very bare bones you know zombie mode launched very bare bones and multiplayer launched very bare bones they couldn't even make a campaign because they had so much going on already so i think if i hope they really do th- consider a layout like that because it would really work cuz i and it would it also wouldn't take attention away you No, know? cuz if warzone really ends up being the success why fucking Give Treyarch a chance. Be like, sorry, it's not you. It's just we
0: don't want you to ruin our cash cow. And that totally
1: fucking makes sense. Like, why would you want to?
0: And that's why I suspect that, yeah, like, I think you're going to get your wish. I don't think Treyarch's going to be allowed by Activision to make another Battle Royale. And I think if Activision was fair, uh, they wouldn't have taken a billion dollars from George Soros Last week, or whatever, for Diablo 4 <laughs> development. Okay, so Activision isn't fair. They go, they follow the money and they don't care where that money comes from. And that is clear. So <laughs>
1: introducing a new primeval, George Soros.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think Warzone's got it. I think, uh, especially with how successful it seems to be. And of course, it's free. That's such a cheat code for being successful. Blackout didn't have that. So, yeah, I, I just don't believe it. I think Warzone is it now. I think that there's not going to be another war zone. I think it's just going to be war zone from now on. And it's just going to keep getting updated like Fortnite and like fucking PUBG. So, uh, yeah.
1: I, well, I mean, I, I hope so in some ways, but then other ways, like if the game, like, are they going to be able to add water mechanics or is that too big? You know? Yeah. Is that never going to happen? If that never happens, that's a shame. And I hope it doesn't stick around too long because they should learn learn from these (laughs) things and make babies with Blackout and Warzone. I want water mechanics.
0: You're right. It's a damn shame. It's probably the biggest weak. So, like, if I were to rate the weaknesses, number one would be the loot system. And number two would be the lack of water mechanics because... A, the the RPG elements are just something I dig, and maybe it doesn't bother some people, but that's one of the main draws I have with video games, and most of the video games I play have some RPG elements. This one doesn't, and then the water mechanics are just totally cut, and... the most fun I had in Blackout were underwater sniper rifles around the lighthouse when the final collapse would be on the lighthouse it was pandemonium you'd have like six snipers in six different locations underwater going after each other with people up top like throwing grenades in the water and shit at you It's just, it was incredible it was really fun it happened like maybe five times the entire time I played the game but those five times that happened were some of the most fun I've had on my computer in years and that's never gonna happen in Warzone period. So yeah, with me, I'm going to say Warzone. I like it a lot. It's grown on me as I've played it. I appreciate the style of Blackout. And I appreciate the substance of Warzone. That's how I would put it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, you saying bringing those things up reminds me that we own, we actually own Call of Duty. So me and you have actually played multiplayer. We've made some loadouts, or at least I have. I've actually put a lot of attention into my loadouts and have some really cool stuff. I just I love to lean on. And people, Warzone in particular is free. So when you go for those loadout chests, people that just play the free to play game, <laughs> yep. they don't. At least for the time being, right now, for the first couple initial weeks, they don't get. You know those badass weapons that people have been building for the past month to a couple months, you know? So it's almost like a, a almost a pay to win aspect. I, I wouldn't really go really far and wide to scream that out yeah. on the hills, but if you really cut, d- do a deep cut, you know, that is a kind of a, a, a power gain on that
0: side. It was, it, they, they straight up submarine to pay to win mechanic into their free to play game. But in a way where you cannot criticize it because technically speaking, Warzone is its own game and you're, it's really esoteric the way they kind of just did it in a way where people can't really complain that much. I mean, some, I'm sure some people will complain, but they have an excuse. Hey, we released, released, yeah, we released Modern Warfare eight months ago, guys. That's yeah. a different game. Warzone just came out. Sure, you get this fringe benefit if you have bought the game from eight months ago, but they weren't released at the same time, and that's what really makes a buy to win mechanic or a pay to win mechanic is typically when they come out parallel. And this right didn't, in
1: your face, yeah. yeah.
0: So it it is. It's like they use the game genie or the game shark to kind of submarine <laughs> a pay to win mechanic without it actually being one, and is kind well, of crazy yeah. brilliant on their part doing
1: it. Well, it's it, it's really just by seem seamlessly connecting a player base. While it seems like it's the same game, it's really two different games, but they're bringing the players from Call of Duty campaign and multiplayer and just allowing them to be in Warzone with all these other people that just have Warzone. You know? And so in a way they've been playing Warzone for a long long time, <laughs> but even though it just came out. Yep. It's only like they'll be they're, they'll they're more skilled. They have more attachments and loadout familiarity with the weapons. Like it's just they they're just more well trained, period.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, so I'm going to say that uh we're probably going to be playing Warzone for a while. At first I was thinking 6 months tops, but now I'm kind of going flirting with a year. Maybe it's it's pretty good. Uh it just depends on if anything better comes out, I guess. But for now, there's no other battle royale I'm gonna even entertain playing because on PC I have no choice. I can't play Blackout. There, you can't get a queue on PC. So that leaves you know PUBG and Fortnite, and it's like I'm playing that pay, shit.
1: Who would pay for PUBG now?
0: Oh God, <laughs> who would do that now? That is a great I fucking think PUBG question. PUBG is going
1: to be facing an existential crisis here soon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Alright, well uh are you ready to get to our preview of Marvel Studios Black Widow? Aye. Or should I say Walt Disney's?
1: What's that? You want more Crack Seller? <laughs> this is good. Join your lords on Twitter at the crack Seller and Facebook.com
0: slash the Seller <laughs> Hey, you over there, are you a straight-up Chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts in your favorite podcasting app. Or, if you're a straight-up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the Cloud Chasers. And we're back with our preview of Marvel Studios' Black Widow, Broadcaster Nichols' Please explain our heartfelt stance on this upcoming film.
1: Oh Well, I mean, anything my future ex-wife Scarlett does, I have to be interested in. I mean, uh, she has my full attention. So yes. So she should have your full attention as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> Let it be clear that we are not fans of Black Widow. We are fans of Scarlett Johansson and her hot-ass sister. Wow.
1: I mean, her mom too. Mom's well, do, looking
0: good. Too. You, know, you know, mom looked really good pants. in yeah. Mom looked really good in the Mummy from 1998. So uh, I'm gonna say that woman hit the genetic lottery, or she bathes in the blood of virgins. One of the two.
1: Well, oh. I'm swelling up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is so yeah. We're not fans of Black Widow. Neither of us know anything about Black Widow outside the MCU movies. We're not. We've never oh, read comics. I, 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 I have. Okay, well, I haven't, and Nicholas is a nerd. Uh, so this is an origin story. How much do you know about this origin story, Broadcaster Nichols?
1: Um, I know enough to know it's pretty much been cobbled together like the MCU is. It's all based on like two different main universes, the 616 universe and the Marvel uh, uh, Ultimate universe, I think it's called. So... It, you know but the things i recognize is the red room i don't think taskmaster and i might be mistaken on this because i haven't read a lot of black widow comics or stories but i don't think taskmaster taskmaster has really much to do with the red room and black widow but maybe i'm wrong maybe they i think they're just using this as a way to um Get taskmaster into the mcu and it's really interesting because a lot of people theorized from a long time ago that taskmaster was going to be hawkeye and it's actually starting to look a little bit more like it might be because you remember in the first avengers when they're talking about uh uh, god what was it some some mission in barcelona or some shit i forget what it was Mm -hmm. but they kept referencing it, and they never really explained it. I think that's what this Black Widow
0: mission is going to be. Oh, interesting.
1: But we don't know.
0: Yeah. So Okay, so you think the Taskmaster is Hawkeye. Maybe. Well, that's interesting. All I know is
1: he's fucking Kakashi right now, man. Yeah. Just, you fucking do a move on him, he'll fucking bring yeah. it back on you ten times. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all... I fucking love the actor who plays Hawkeye, and I don't like his character. I hate the character Hawkeye, but I love the guy who plays him. So I'm happy that the guy got another, you know, movie just from this role, because I think the role sucks. But uh, he does it great, and he is fucking good. And it's funny you say that you think that that is, with your insider knowledge, you think the Taskmaster might be Hawkeye, because I have none. I have no insider knowledge. And I thought the same fucking thing. And I wonder why now? Like, what was it that made that bell ring in my head? Because I don't have your comic book knowledge on this.
1: Well, again, it, none of this is based strictly on comics. There's there's elements from the comics they're cobbling together. But I don't I don't believe this is based actually on a particular
0: story. Hmm. Well, that's cool. This is, yeah, this is
1: just a fresh, scarlet, origin story i even. Mean, it's not really even an origin story mm. it's just really going back and kind of giving her some backstory not yeah. really an origin story in a way
0: well i find but, it interesting uh, that they made her a russian because uh you know the whole ma russia thing going on in the united states right now yeah it was like, actually
1: a really bold move yeah it's, it's really like
0: i mean let's let's face it uh a good chunk of the fan base of the mcu are diehard sjws and right now they all fucking hate Russia. So well, you're here. putting your hero as a Russian with uh, her family who are apparently the Russian Avengers?
1: Broadcaster put, put Nichols,
0: the- are there Russian Avengers in the comic books? Answer right now. Yes, yes there are. Fucking yeah. A. I knew it. To switch,
1: switch over to DC Comics. I mean, the, the Russian Russian-themed variations of comics has been a very popular thing. There's actually a really cool Superman comic that is based on the idea that he landed in Russia. Oh. Instead of uh, America, yeah, Red Sun, called, right? Yep, yeah, Red Sun. Yeah, you've heard of it. Yeah. Anyways, jump I back. I almost
0: downloaded yeah. it, but someone told me it sucked. Is the Fuck did them. you watch the movie? Is it good?
1: Uh, I never watched the animation, but DC is really good with animations. So I'd be surprised if it was well, any, if the, any less.
0: Yeah, if the source material is good, I'm guessing that the movie's good. And I just got yeah, some jacked the up. The source material is
1: amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Right, I'm they're probably check just that a, out. they're probably just some cringy. Anti-Russian
0: people. Oh, I don't know. Oh <laughs> so, Jesus Christ! That must be it. You must be right. That, that's wait, probably it.
1: You know, to uh jump back to them actually uh, going with Black Widow now. Put the tinfoil hat on real quick. Black Widow was actually rumored to come out a long, long, long time ago, and you know, as high as quality. You know, some people may argue about the quality and the overall the overall presentation of some of these movies that come out, but. In my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions, these movies are really well planned. Hmm. They have Easter eggs, even from some of the shittier movies, they have Easter eggs that prelude things that happen years later, which really shows a lot of forethought, right? Yeah. So looking at Black Widow and the connection I kind of pointed out earlier about this mission that they referenced in Avengers and then in later movies, and now they're, and they still to this day haven't done it. But yet, it involves Black Widow and Hawkeye, and this movie is uh, already officially supposed to be taking before the snap, which means it's obviously in the past. You, it just—it's a perfect setup to explain that, and just the scenes where Taskmaster is introduced and shows. There's room in there to put. Hawkeye as the person. And if you remember, Hawkeye was uh, under mind control. You know, mm. so maybe maybe this involves Loki in some way. Oh, you shit. know, maybe the, and he's still under mind control or something like that. Because Loki is messing with the timeline. Remember, he got the Tesseract or whatever at mm. the end of, uh, of uh, Endgame. Or was it Endgame? Or Infi- yeah, it was Endgame. So Loki's alive now. So that means maybe Loki's fucking with the... T- I don't know. I'm, I'm, all, I'm going on in a fucking weird yeah. direction right now. But there's a lot of room for a lot of things. And a lot of people are thinking that they're going to ex- finally explain the mission. And I, feel like, I, I feel stupid because I can't remember the, the actual name for it. Because the, the, they always call it the location that, that it
0: actually took place. Yeah, I want to say Barcelona, but I know that's fucking not right. <laughs> well, it seems like it's Russia. Whatever Russian city this takes place in that you see in all the trailers yeah. is what I'm guessing. But you know who knows? Maybe it is Barcelona. <laughs> but uh,
1: maybe I need to go on vacation to Barcelona. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a few things that look cool from the trailers. I watched all three trailers. Uh, I'm assuming you did as well, or at least two of them. I've watched all three of them. All three. Okay. Yeah. yeah so so. The trailers, there's one thing I got out of these trailers. Well, there's two things, really. First, there are a lot of varied locations in these trailers. It's not just all in, like, the same city or the same spot, like, the whole movie. I saw, like, a night, like, a bridge, nighttime bridge, a bunch of, like, snowy mountains, like a Hoth scene. There was a desert with, you know, palm trees and... Uh, a tropics beach area, and then there's, of course, the Russian city. It was really varied, and I wasn't expecting that out of a Black Widow movie. I was thinking it was going to be kind of low budget, and you know, it is MCU. Nothing's low budget to them, but, you know, I thought it was going to be the lowest budget they do. You know, it was going to be on the very bottom end of what they do, and it seems like yeah, they went she's a filmed. white
1: woman, right? Why would they give her a big budget?
0: <laughs> yeah, they went and filmed this in a lot of locations. These weren't CG green screens. Like, they filmed a lot of this movie in a lot of different locations. MCU don't fuck around about that shit. Yeah, and the other thing that's weird about it, I kind of got some like Fast and Furious vibes and some James Bond vibes. I feel like they're trying to make this movie for the subsect of people that are kind of like, eh, on comic book movies, but they love Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? They love Daniel Craig. (laughs) Because, (laughs) so like in these trailers, I saw like six different car chases. Uh, motorcycle chases, all kinds of vehicular stuff, and then we have the Skyfall scene, straight out of the James Bond movie called Skyfall. It was yeah. incredible. It was the same fucking thing. To
1: to, to my future ex wife's defense, all right, a lot of directors have used this scene in their movies. This has become a popular trope to have these scenes. God damn it! You know, honestly, the first. I remember it being used was Final Fantasy Advent Children when Seth Ross started
0: slicing up some buildings and shit. And I think that inspired a lot of people. That. I think that inspired a lot of fucking people. They saw that and they're like, dude, that's fucking dope. That's a great point. I need to rewatch Advent Children before FF7 remake drops. Thank you, you for know, pointing that out, dude. I totally forgot about I that.
1: I might be, i will probably talking out my ass because there's probably a lot of anime enthusiasts out there that are just probably going to say that's nonsense, but I feel like Advan- Advent Children is one of those people, it's not underrated, but just forgotten about.
0: Oh, yeah. It just came
1: out in this weird time where it came out, people watched it, and they're like, that was dope. And then everyone kind of just,
0: <laughs> we're like, all right, whatever. They all went back <laughs> to playing Halo 3 on their Xbox. <laughs> hey, man,
1: there's nothing wrong with that game. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I like the Skyfall scene, but it did it feel I felt really James Bondy, and there's just a lot of foreign foreign elements in this movie just from the trailers that I've seen that I find very interesting. And another thing I find interesting is the casting of the Stranger Things cop as a Russia a Russian version of Captain America. Isn't that interesting? Like you even see him throwing the
1: shield yeah, in the trailer. Crazy- Well, yeah, he's based on a character called Red Guardian, who is actually um, the Russian version of Captain America. He's the Russian (laughs) super soldier program.
0: Yeah, and I have to say, I fucking love the casting. I don't like that guy very much as a person, but I think he's a great actor. And from what I've seen in (laughs) these trailers, he is fucking awesome. So uh, I'm very much on board with him being in this movie. Uh, Black Widow's mom, though. We need to talk about a little bit. So uh, chronologically speaking, <laughs> <laughs> chronologically speaking, she might be five to 10 years older than Scarlett Johansson. We don't know for sure. Right. You haven't looked this up? No, but I, I know she's
1: at least 10 years. I know there can't be at still.
0: least it, at most 10 years. Not mm, at least. Come be surprised. I think she's oh, just. Really well. Okay. Well, let's just put it this way. When you're watching these trailers and you Scarlett see Scarlett
1: is like my age. When like you s- our age.
0: Right. Yeah. She's like, yeah, late. Yeah, she's a few years older than us, probably, right? You like mid Well, she's probably my age. Placement. She's yeah. probably my age, but you're you're probably younger than her, I'm thinking. Well, the other she's actress is is
1: she's, she's got I mean, in her late 40s. That She was that age when she was in the mummy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was nineteen ninety eight. That was twenty years ago. So exactly. That's here's the saying. thing. Uh guys, uh MCU people that definitely don't listen to this podcast, I'm talking to you right now. Please Do not cast hot-ass chicks the same age as the person that's supposed to be their daughter who is also a hot-ass chick. Okay, I get it. Hot moms have hot daughters. That's true. Stand down. They, stand down delay that command Bro- broadcaster that Nichols. Command. they I look am like they- <laughs> all for, <laughs> I'm all for what is happening they look like they're the same fucking age when she's like saying hey you sit up straight little missy you have bad posture my eyes roll so far the back of my head that my retina is almost detached are you giving me a, give me a fucking oh. break That is bullshit I, they cannot be mother and daughter impossible my eyes didn't roll up something definitely went up <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I love both the actresses' own. I'm happy they're both in the movie, but I'm just gonna tell you right now: if you want to break the fourth wall, do that shit,
1: man. It's gonna be that would be super interesting when all this stuff kind of meshes together. You know, (laughs) when are they finally gonna pull the trigger on that? I feel like that's when this shit's gonna collapse. It's gonna be so messy when they finally try to do. Yeah. uh, um, What would you call it? uh, Team ups. Hmm. Because that's what they're really ultimately going for, right? Like they've been building these universes to get all these characters in there to be ultimately like the comics, but in cinematic form. And then eventually, people are going to beg for these these team ups with Deadpool, with who knows Captain America and Black who know you know just whatever it may be. And it's just gonna, I feel it's like gonna that's so movies, movies exactly that's when these <laughs> movies are really just going to start falling super flat. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man. So I just saw a dark future. I'm sorry. We're not on topic.
0: God damn it. I am so worried about the future of X-Men right now. It gives me heart palpitations whenever I think about what's about to happen to my beloved favorite comic book of all time. Disney.
1: Legion's keeping it strong. Oh,
0: dude. Legion is a fucking masterpiece. And fucking A, dude. I fucking love Legion so much. But... Legion is a Noah Howley flick and has nothing to do with Disney, and Disney is about to take over X Men, and holy fuck, am I worried about what they're gonna do when they turn X Men into some PG fluffy nonsense?
1: Who knows, man. I, I mean, they've had a kind of a hit and miss record, you know. I kind of like, I still kind of believe in Kevin Feige, you know, even though he's part of this world, this you know, get woke, go broke culture. He still has a somewhat good history in a report with this franchise you know he's whether you like it or not responsible some some of the better movies that have come out so i just hope that he doesn't allow the the worst part of him to infect the franchise going forward you know i (laughs) hope he like black panther 2 for instance you know the fact that chad bronswick i forget his i forget his name but the fact that he might not be in black panther 2 is a bad sign <laughs> but then again you know there's some there's room for them to say bring the actor from legion into the mcu how cool would that be you uh that know, would sell a ticket to, you to know? me immediately <laughs> Because New Mutants, that's coming out, right? It kind of has that Legion vibe. You know? Yeah. It kind of, you know, it does a little bit. It feels like it's in that universe. So yeah. So how cool would it be for them to be like, yeah, that actually is part of the MCU?
0: Yeah. No, that would be sick. And yeah, I'm very interested in New Mutants. It's not that I think it's going to be great or I think it's going to be bad. I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. There's... So much weirdness with this movie and like the people making it, the casting, the direction, and sort of, it seems like it's this curveball, or at least it's supposed to be this curveball. And I'm very interested to see if it lands.
1: For sure.
0: But uh, getting back to uh, Black (laughs) Widow, (laughs) uh, how much longer do you think Samuel L. is going to do Nick Fury? Because, man... Samuel in this movie... He is. He's in the trailer. Oh, yeah, he was. He yeah, was. and it's like, I look at him, and I'm like, yo, I mean, black don't crack. I see that, and it's cool, and you could keep playing Nick Fury for a while longer, but I can't believe he wants to play Nick Fury. You know what I mean? I I totally get why fucking Disney is still giving him the checks, because Samuel L. Fucking Jackson, but why the fuck does he want to keep doing Nick Fury? That dude is so rich. He's been in like 15 legendary movies. In his career, he has absolutely nothing to prove and he has everything to gain by saying, you know what, I'm going to go vacation in Cabo for the next four months instead of make this new fucking movie with Nick Fury in like three scenes.
1: Personally, I mean, I couldn't confirm, but I think he's actually a real fan of comics Mm. because his character is the most comically accurate other than I'd say Iron Man and you know captain america there's a couple characters that they've done just really to the books that you really can't even complain about some characters have been totally changed but nonetheless back to samuel jackson and and nick fury he's actually based really accurately and maybe he just is really a big fan of that maybe he sees himself actually as nick fury because if i loved comics and i projected myself onto a character so accurately as himself with nick fury and i was given the role he did I'd, I'd never let it down. No, like, Fuck, man, I'm going to die going down as fucking Nick Fury, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, attention MCU, if you ever give broadcaster Nichols the role of Moon Knight, he will never let that shit go. He'll be the 85-year-old Moon Knight.
1: <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> I'll do soap operas as fucking uh, Stephen Grant, all right?
0: <laughs> yeah, So so we touched on the fact that it has kind of like Fast and Furious, James Bond vibes, kind of like almost like it's trying to reach out to a new audience. And I think that that kind of makes it feel a little bit grittier and a little, maybe a little bit more adult than some of the typical Marvel movies, like more, more in line with a DC movie, not, not as much like Shazam because Shazam's basically a kid's movie, but, uh, you know, Joker and like the, uh, the more dark DC movies, Dark Knight, uh, What do you think about that? Do you think they're trying to kind of use this movie as like a Trojan horse to take some of those fans? Or do you think I'm totally reading into the trailers wrong?
1: Um, I mean, my gut tells me no, because Mm. MCU is such a child-friendly brand that they're not going to even pretend to launch a a kind of like sub- genre darker grittier movie set in the mcu or even anything that dabbles in that i don't i just don't think they'll even put that idea out there i think it's just the movie's idea and what it's based on just you know they you can't stray away from those elements it's just it's part of the storyline so it just has to come with it but Hmm. you are right it definitely comes off as one of the darker Cited mcu movies. they clearly have drinking a dysfunctional family yeah they're all what they're all white god forbid you know um
0: yeah you, you know it's, it's funny uh, there's because- some elements in
1: there that just are really surprising that they're going with but totally. they, you know they have had a bunch of movies that are super diverse so i mean there shouldn't be any fucking room to begin with to complain about yeah.
0: this type of shit so i mean they Anyways, yeah, Scott. when when I saw Scarlett Johansson take a shot of vodka at the dinner table, I'm not going to lie. I got a half chub, you know, that that's <laughs> just me, man. When I see a hot ass chick take a shot of vodka on a movie screen funded by Disney and Mickey Mouse, I react. I react strongly. <laughs> but uh, before. OK, so winding down on this preview, before we end things, I want to bring up one more weird aspect of this movie from the trailers. And that is the fact that in trailer number two, Scarlett Johansson's hot Russian sister drops her accent in a random scene in the trailer. <laughs> so she has this thick Russian accent, right? In every other scene leading up to this. And then it like clips to this other scene where she starts talking to Scarlett, total American accent, no ifs, ands, or buts, obviously not Russian. And Okay, I get that you can have some bad scenes where your imitation Russian accent doesn't work, but how did it get past the editors? How did they let this get into trailer number two? She literally just talks with a normal American accent when she's been talking Russian every scene leading up to it.
1: Hey man, some the best of us slip from time to time when we're on our various espionage missions. all right yeah. it's hard part like, being a fucking international spy.
0: <laughs> for this to happen, like 8 people had to let it slip. So, my brain tells me that it wasn't a slip because there's the odds of so many people dropping the ball and not seeing this are so low that my brain says, "Hey, this was done on purpose." She might not actually be Russian. They might be trying to shadow something, foreshadow something.
1: Well, I was going to bring that up earlier when you were talking about how many various locations are being shot in the trailer. You know, which makes you think that this movie's all over the place geographically. It, that brings me to two different paths in my mind. Whether it's time differences. So in this movie, they're going to be jumping all over time-wise, like different years, or and then they're like. They're going to jump back five years to like show you something, and then fast forward another five years to present day to kind of get you to where the scene the scene first started or whatever. You know how movies do that. That's mm-hmm. actually to foreshadow a little bit how Sonic the Hedgehog the movie kind of starts out. So, <laughs> nonetheless, it could be something like that, or it's they're looking for something and they're going all over the world to okay. look for something.
0: You know. So so your insider knowledge on whatever we're talking about right now doesn't give you an answer on this then. This is all guesswork. No.
1: Okay. Yeah, all guesswork. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I find that interesting. At the very least, it's interesting that either they made the biggest screw up of all time or they're showing us that she might not actually be Russian. Or, like you said, maybe they're just showing her at a time different when maybe she was living in America and just picked up an American accent for a while, but then ended up moving back to Russia and picking up her old accent, which it seems kind of like a a little bit of a reach, but I actually have met foreign people uh, that came and visited the places where I lived, where they started to develop an American accent by the time they were there for a few months, and uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure, sure once they went back to their home country, it probably their regular accent probably came back. So happens it happens
1: to everybody. I mean, yeah. we do the same thing. I mean, sometimes it is even offensive to some people, but it's just natural. People try to adapt uh, nuanced pieces of language to come off likable and relatable because they everyone wants to like you know to be wants to be wanted. (laughs) 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 They don't want to come off as a, as a a foreign body in the Mm. ecosystem. You know, they want to adapt and, you know, be a part of the system. Yeah. And part of that is learning the nuances of the language, the slurs, if you will.
0: Yes. All right. Well, uh, any other closing thoughts before we wrap up our preview on this movie? Any uh, brilliant ideas?
1: scarlet uh i'm here waiting uh please consider just you know dumping whoever is in your life right now i mean you're probably not even dating right now obviously because you're waiting for someone like me to come along (laughs) but you know consider this strong
0: (laughs) 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 all right so uh with our previews uh We're going to either give a thumbs down, thumbs up, or thumbs sideways, just as Joaquin Phoenix would have done in Gladiator, to this thing we are previewing. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and give this a side thumb. I didn't think I was going to watch any more Marvel movies. Uh, I was actually pretty convinced I was done with Marvel movies until maybe Disney lost the license or something happened where the tone changed. But uh, you convinced me to check out these previews, and I have to say the previews made my down thumb slightly crank back up to a side thumb. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see the movie, and I'm going to hope that it lives up to the tone that is present in the trailers, which is definitely much better than some of the uh, recent schlock that uh, MCU has been delivering to us. Uh, I'm definitely going to give it a
1: thumbs up. You know, Uh, I just... I can't give a thumbs down to my (laughs) my future ex-wife. Secondly, it generally looks like a fucking awesome movie.
0: Yeah, you're you're totally biased, though. I mean, you don't want to blow the chance that Scarlett Johansson's listening to this very podcast now, and because you gave it a side thumb, she (laughs) will never date you. I mean, I'll give Scarlett the side thumb. I (laughs) mean, you should cut that out. out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Remove that from the broadcast.
0: And we're back with our review of Sega's Sonic the Hedgehog, the film. And the creators of this film describe it as the following. Sonic tries to navigate the complexities of life on Earth with his newfound best friend, a human named Tom Wachowski. They must soon join forces to prevent the evil Dr. Robotnik from capturing Sonic and using his powers for world domination. Broadcaster Nichols, you have been slanderous and treasonous in which you have described this movie as a kid's movie. Defend yourself now. Stand on the square. Now testify. (laughs) (laughs) First of all,
1: it is a kid's movie. but it's (laughs) It's a good kid's movie. There's a lot of adult. I wouldn't say adult jokes. That makes it sound like it's not a kid's movie. There's jokes and subtleties in the movie that only adults mm-hmm. nowadays would pick up on. People that were kids back when Sonic the Hedgehog was actually a video game. Mm. You know, like, even to the to the very beginning of the movie when they talk about his actual home realm or planet, whatever well, you want to call his part of the universe with the loop-de-loops.
0: Well, let's or, remember uh, that this is the non-spoiler section of our review, so let's be very oh, vague with uh, specific no. locations. The
1: Anyways, from the beginning, middle, and end, there are hints to, you know things that only people that played the game back in the day would know. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. And that's why I clearly think it is not a kids movie. But I'm going to leave that fight for the spoiler section of <laughs> the podcast because I have ammunition and it is loaded with coronavirus. So, uh first of all, it's a
1: bio-weapon.
0: <laughs> Sega makes movies? What? Since when does Sega make movies? This is the first Sega movie I've ever seen. It's the first Sega movie I've ever heard of. I think it is the first thing. It, it must be, because yeah. where the fuck did they come from? I mean, I
1: honestly think it I, is the first Sega movie. Hmm. I don't I honestly. I We would have heard of this by
0: now. You would think. <laughs> however, maybe something in Japan came out that we never saw. That could be a possibility. I don't know, though. I haven't researched it. Those
1: Japanese are wildly sins of bitches,
0: yeah, but uh I mean, generally speaking, I thought this was a good movie. It was schlocky, but the good kind of schlocky, you know what I mean like there's there's the type of schlock that makes you roll your eyes, and there's the type of schlock that makes you giggle. this is the <laughs> the latter you know for sure, for sure
1: I mean it just you know back to the the elements that connected to the video games, and only people that are old enough would get it. I don't think those particular elements are not kid friendly. You know, maybe that's not what you mean by it not being a kid movie, but I I, just the 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 tame nature of the comedy overall in the movie and the storyline in general is very kid friendly. It's like Toy Story. You know, it's a fucking furry alien hedgehog trying to figure out how it can be loved by humanity essentially you know mm. it's, it's kind of like toy story and like you know toys facing their existential crisis of you know just being these inanimate objects but they still want the love from their their kids their owners
0: yeah <laughs> well I, that's a very very interesting comparison broadcaster Nichols, which i definitely disagree with <laughs> but i'll save that for later what did you think about Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik? in general? awesome.
1: Isn't he- I thought it was probably the best role he's been in in so long, man. It was good yeah. to see Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey again.
0: Oh, it was know? so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would dude, I I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Like, to the point yeah. where, like, if you're going to go with my favorite comedians of all time, it's him and Chris Farley, essentially. Those are my two. Farley's dead, Carrey's still alive, and he has produced some shit. For the last 20 years. He has not been making good movies for a while. And in my opinion. This was easily his best performance. In 20 years. And I think the last movie. That was on par with this performance. Was me, myself, and Irene. Back from like 2000. (laughs) Yeah, I mean comedy wise for sure. No, just acting. Just pure acting. The thing about that movie. Is he played three different versions of himself. Or maybe two. I forget which. But either way. They were both super different, and he did so much weird, like, facial expression acting and eye acting. The type of shit he used to do in the Ace Ventura days, and the Mask days, and that shit has been missing from Jim Carrey's repertoire for a very long time. This movie brings it back. (laughs) Some of his eye acting in this movie totally was on par with some of his most classic shit.
1: For sure, that's what I meant by like when he Carrie's kind of like back to being Carrie. You know, he his mannerisms came back. You know, his yes. little quirks and stuff where he was known. No matter what the movie was, you knew he was going to be. Uh, it's almost like typecasting in a way, but in a good way.
0: Oh, in a great way and because yeah, greatest of ways. <laughs> if you think about like if just erase this movie from your mind and everything you know about it, and you just immediately are presented with this thing, it's like who would play Doctor Robotnik in your head? you wouldn't really think Jim Carrey. Like, I'm not sure who I would think, but it wouldn't have been Jim Carrey right off the bat. But Jim Carrey, oh, oh, dude, there, yeah, in a fat suit. Yeah, that'd be a (laughs) shit. But, you know, Jim Carrey nails this shit so hard, it goes out of the park and into the parking lot, how good he performs this role. And it's tough because Dr. Robotnik doesn't have a whole lot of source material to go off of. You know, he was a, he's a villain of a Sega game that had almost no story. So, all the limited amount of background material you have, it's amazing how well he brought forth the attitude and the just the general persona of Dr. Robotnik, which makes me think Jim Carey is a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and that's how they got him in the first place.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might be onto something, but also... Jim Carrey is like a top-notch actor, you know, and I, you know, when you give him a role, I imagine he, I mean, I'm not even an actor. And if someone were to tell me, you know, how would you develop a live action Dr. Robotnik or Eggman? I, it would be purely based off his aesthetic. He's mm-hmm. a, his character's substance is in his, his aesthetic. Right. Uh, is right. You know? So it's like, I would just go off visually what I've been presented with over my childhood, you know? He's just a crazy fat lab genius with a crazy mustache. And he has a very particular suit and glasses and he flies around in this little drone hover thing. And that was also something really cool. You know, they couldn't really go with the quirky nature of like the animals being possessed and stuff like that. <laughs> and song hedgehog, but they really expanded on the idea that he was a drone expert. Cause in the video games, that's not really true. I mean, he fought, he has this like little drone apparatus, but he's more of just a robot master, but they really took the missing element of the, the animals and stuff like that and replaced it with his mastery of drones. And then they took it a step further by referencing something we'll talk about probably later in the podcast, you know, that brings him to his Japanese version. Name. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, that, and that, that was really cool. It's, it is really cool. And, uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that more later, but it's just, he carried the movie for the most part. Like, nearly every line he delivers is solid gold. How many lines in this movie did he have? Like, he probably had more than anyone other than Sonic, right? And, uh, I mean, I guess maybe, uh... Uh, fucking Donut Lord might have the. Uh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie is the fact that uh, Sonic calls his friend Donut Lord. It's just so, like, I'm not even sure what it is, but I love it. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. But uh, maybe Donut Lord had slightly more lines than Jim Carrey as Robotnik, but very close. Like, they were probably number one, number two, and number three right behind Sonic. Yeah. And uh, every single line solid gold it was so good there was no scene where he didn't steal it every single scene he was in he stole the scene
1: yeah for sure i i loved the exchanges by the way between robotnik and donut lord <laughs> yes they were great they were, that, was, that was some of the best yeah. comedy in the movie.
0: yeah yeah i love I mean, the overall name's Robotnik, but my dentist calls me rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i love the overall tone and humor of the movie and you, you think it's a kid's movie, which we will debate more in the spoilers section. But I think that the tone and the humor of the movie doesn't make it a kid's movie. I think it's a kids of the 90s movie. It's targeting people our age that were kids when they played this game, but aren't anymore. But uh, one thing I did really like as well is the fact that they redid Sonic's art. Do you know the story about this? So Sonic, they originally released a trailer with an old oh, yeah. art I'm for Sonic. Yes. This. So I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was an overreaction by the yeah, internet. For sure. For sure. Uh, and I also
1: thought it was going to ruin it too. Because when I saw the overreaction and how much they bent the knee, I was just like, man, this just tells me this movie's crap. And they're willing to do anything to make the perception of it better. But it turned out to be a fucking, you know, as we both agree a knockout part.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It, 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 I did. I liked the original version, and I would have been fine. I would have been totally fine if the original version stayed in the movie. But the second version that came, based off of the feedback from the fans who panned the original version, the, for some reason, in the, the history of time, no movie studio has ever done this. These fuckers went back to the drawing board and redid Sonic's model after the reaction to the first trailer. And... That, in one way, you can say, ooh, like what you thought, uh, they're kowtowing real quick, maybe this movie sucks, and they just really want to get as many bucks as they can. Or, they really care about their fans, and they listen to feedback for the first time yeah. in goddamn history, which I think yeah. the latter is true. And it's yeah, it ended great. up being
1: very admirable. Yeah. Mind. I mean, they, they were like, well, this is our first movie. And we don't want it to be crap, you know? We want these people to ask us to do more movies, so, I mean, we got to do this right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, I think that this is a pretty good movie, and I'm going to give it a thumbs up for our listeners that have not seen it yet, and are about to turn it off before we get to spoilers. I think that if you're a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, definitely watch this movie, because you're gonna love it, period. If you're yeah. not a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, it's probably more of a fifty fifty. So Well I, I mean,
1: you could be even if you're not a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, if you're a Jim Carrey fan, oh yeah. It, you know, like you're gonna like it, even for Jim Carrey.
0: That's so. a great point. Yes. If you're a Jim Carrey fan, if you love Ace Ventura more than any other comedy, you're gonna like Jim Carrey in this movie. I guarantee it. Like So that's a thumbs up from you, Broadcaster Nichols?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: -hmm. All right. So that's double thumbs up. And uh, with that, we will go into our spoilers section. And I will start that by saying that, man, Cyclops was a great donut lord. What do you think, Broadcaster Nichols? (laughs) You know, I totally
1: forgot he played Cyclops and fucking uh, the oh, X Men Solid Snake wrote. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, so seeing Baby Sonic at the beginning was, I don't know, it was almost like this weird uh, thing that my childhood wanted that I never knew, you know? I saw him and I was just like, I almost wanted to shed a tear a little bit. I was
0: just like, Oh my God, it's totally on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you know? The intro did a very good job of hooking you instantly with the feels because anyone that grew up with Sonic and you start this movie, seeing baby Sonic, just going nuts in green Hill zone, which was beautifully rendered in this movie. You, we got to talk about the budget of this movie. I don't know what the budget was, but man, does everything in this movie look great. It is not yeah. a B movie at all. The, this, the movie has great effects and it has great envirom- alien environments. And, you know, we're going to talk about the mushroom planet more in the future. But I'm going to say eventually we see the mushroom planet and it looks fucking amazing too. Like they put serious money into a planet that's on the screen for like 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. Well that I mean just to go just to further that point a little bit, I'm pretty sure Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is almost fully rendered as far as the CGI goes. Ooh. Some tells me that they are for surely doing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and that mushroom plant, there's a lot of scenes with at least Sonic rendered yep. in the planet already done. Yeah. You know, at least on paper.
0: I think you nailed it on that one. Uh, yeah, so the ending. I don't want to talk about too much yet, but let's just say that the ending definitely tells you there is a sequel coming. Even if you're going to discount like what happens in the true ending before the credits roll, what happens in the post credit scene basically cements it that there's already a sequel being worked on because there's no reason they would have done any of that if there wasn't.
1: Yeah. And I really got to give them a, a uh, a round of applause on how much they're torpedoing the um the progression of the of the movie universe like in one movie they seamlessly brought in Song the Hedgehog Dr. Robotnik tails at the very end the fo- knuckles race at the very beginning you know like it was very subtle and a lot of people Maybe even people that played the game just even a little bit in their childhood probably didn't pick up on that. But Mm -hmm. that race that was chasing him down at the beginning was the race Knuckles. Yep. You know, and so I just thought they really did a a good job bringing in almost at least I would say a majority of the universe from the from the video games in just one movie. You know, they foreshadowed the Mushroom Planet. They got Doctor Robotnik right. They got tails right they they foreshadow knuckles they um i don't know where that owl came from
0: maybe my child uh, my memory's failing me, but that owl seems like a made-up thing i think the owl is from a newer sonic that we haven't played so so for me i i played of course sonic the hedgehog sonic the hedgehog 2 sonic the hedgehog 3 sonic and knuckles but beyond that I I mean, I played Sonic 3D, the original Sonic 3D, uh, which was hot garbage, and I think I played a few more after that, like one on the GameCube that was really bad, but they just got, it didn't transition to 3D. Sonic the Hedgehog, it did not transition to 3D well, but they kept making them. I'm pretty sure there's like 12 3D Sonics I've never played before, and my guess is that that owl is from one of those. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that'd be funny it actually gets you to another point is that it's surprising to see Sonic the Hedgehog even being a movie nowadays because as a, a video game franchise oh I know it's not been successful so for them to pick it as a CGI movie is interesting and makes you think are they doing this purely just to get a, fran- a, a movie franchise going, yeah, or is this to revitalize the game franchise as well?
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if Sonic will ever truly thrive in 3D. It's just a weird situation they're in. I've never played a good 3D Sonic. I know there are some people out there that will sing to the rooftops that there are a couple good 3D Sonics. And, there are. But- There's a couple
1: on GameCube I liked, but <sighs> yeah, go ahead.
0: I just don't like them. I haven't played any that I liked, and I I played one of them that a bunch of people told me was good, and I still didn't like it. So I'm super skeptical about 3D Sonics. I mean,
1: it's a different game. That's yeah. that, that's just it. Yep, you know, Sonic is like platformers. You know, even one can argue a 3D platformer is just a completely different game Yep. period. It's not, you can't just take the original Mario's and then go to Mario 64 and say, this is the exact same type of game. That's not true at all.
0: But Mario I mean, worked in 3d. That's the difference. And I don't know why that Sonic think, can't, but
1: I think Sonic did too, but they just tried doing too much. They, they couldn't stand still with the, the Sonic franchise when it, because I think GameCube was the first generation of consoles where they ushered in 3D Sonic. And the very first Sonic 3D was kind of cool. I think it wasn't the best, but you could have evolved it. You know, the, the jet boots and, like, and all that stuff. And then they took it to the surfboards and shit like that and just started getting yeah. really weird. But I think there was room to make a 3D tried and true Sonic the Hedgehog. And they just never gave it a chance. Yeah, because <laughs> there were so many failures on the on the 3D, you know, market already.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, eh, I mean, maybe they are trying to revitalize the game franchise, but to me, I feel like it's over, and I feel like this is more of a transition into because nostalgia is such a it's such a hot market right now. Everyone is going for nostalgia with everything. It's all- it would has right now. And yeah, you, you see, you see Detective Pikachu come out and you look at that movie and you're like, wait a second, why are you releasing this movie in the year 2019 instead of the year 1999? Like, I'm very confused and I'm, I feel the same way about the Sonic movie. Like, why did you wait 30 years to fucking release a Sonic movie from when the first game came out? It, it just seems baffling, but it's a trend. It is a trend in Hollywood. It's a very interesting trend. And I think what it really says is that the purchasers now, the people that spend money, are people that grew up in the 90s, and people who grew up in the 90s will spend ridiculous amounts of money for stuff that makes them nostalgic, no matter what the quality.
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're just that demographic, right? Yeah. I mean, we're just getting to that point, but... I, I definitely think you're on to something. And like I said, like whispered in there, that's all you, that's all Hollywood has, you know, and that's all, all Hollywood has had for a long time now, but we're the generation up next on the chopping block. That's why you, <laughs> see, that's why you see detective Pikachu a decade plus down the line, because it's just, we're of that age now where if we see a movie about something in our childhood, we'll fucking just go and see it immediately even if it ends up being schlock we'll buy you know the deluxe edition of the video game that comes out You <laughs> like the reviews of it you know it's just because it has it has pokemon so it's just like we grew up playing pokemon on the game boy you know i remember when Mom <laughs> bought, bought me that game on layway even though she didn't have the money you know like she <laughs> like you'll never forget that type of stuff yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's interesting. I feel like Hollywood didn't play to nostalgia with previous generations like they do with this generation, with our generation. It just seems like they've come up with this theory, like this is the the gen of nostalgia. These are the people that this will work on. And so far, it seems like they're right. But in this case, at least Sonic is a good movie, because I don't know about you, I thought Detective Pikachu was pretty crappy. I did not like it very much. If we were to review it on the Crack seller, I probably would have given it a Caesar Romero, but we never will review that movie. Uh, what do you think about this movie's overall quality compared to the other nostalgia movies that have been coming out recently? Top-notch. Yeah, that's what Top-notch
1: I think, too. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, it's it did not disappoint me, really. I, I went into this movie thinking I was gonna kind of skip parts just so I could say I reviewed it, you know. But <laughs> I, I honestly liked the movie. I started, like from the first ten minutes, I was like, "Oh
0: wow, yeah. this is good." I'm gonna pop a beer. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It, w- it was surprisingly good. Very. I went into it very skeptical, and it went. It flew by. It's like an hour and thirty minutes. It's a very short movie, and it just flies by. I uh, will. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it it had a really surprisingly tight plot too. Most of these nostalgia movies are very loosely plotted, and this one it just felt really tight. Like it felt like a, a movie that wasn't necessarily a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It could have just been a fugitive on the run, taking a road trip with their new friend to get this thing in this place and escaping this evil guy. Like the way that it goes. It just felt like it was written by someone that writes movies, not just I by some dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually cares about the Sonic name, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that also is just a, 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 an element of it being a well-written story. I think there's a Sonic 2 and maybe even a 3 in the person's mind who made this movie. Yes. You know, so they, they've been they've been stewing, they've been camping on this storyline for quite some time. I, I feel like it's, pre- it's really well constructed. Yes. I think when Sonic 2 comes out, you're not going to see any plot holes. And, I, you know, it's a CGI kind of, in my mind, a kid's movie, so I don't think there's much room to really make plot holes, you know, because it's not following this grand universe that's been around for so long. But... <laughs> <laughs> It actually has, but in a weird way, there's just, I don't know, from watching the movie, it doesn't come off like it's going to be one of those movies where it's
0: like, how did they
1: do this? Where in the first movie, they said they do this. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they wrote at least two movies, maybe three movies, like you said. It could just have a pre-written trilogy because there is a level of craftsmanship with the script That doesn't seem like it was a first draft that just came out of the pipe like six months before the movie was filmed. You know what I mean? It feels like it was polished. Very polished. And when you get to the end, it feels like it connects so well the way that they kind of end things with Robotnik and then they introduce Tails. You're just sitting there like, oh, Sonic 2. (laughs) <laughs> like, they just, like, percent just set up Sonic 2, like, perfectly. It's not, it's not like they're just saying, oh, maybe we'll do Sonic 2s. It's more like, this is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and guess what? The Two Towers is already filmed, bitches. That's kind of more the vibe I got. For sure,
1: for sure. It also makes the reaction from the director to the internet's reaction make sense. Mm-hmm. He, he was just like, oh, shit, I'm going back to the drawing board immediately on how we're doing Sonic, it it just really showed you that he, he did not want his vision of a Sonic movie ruined by what he thought was a good look for Sonic. So he was willing to bend a little bit and make the Sonic everyone else wanted to see. And that's why me and you, you know, we didn't really care about the other Sonic. That's why I kind of, you know, when we saw, the reaction where i was like well, well why the fuck i mean it's not that big of a deal i mean sure you could make it a little bit better but is it that big of a fucking deal you know yeah. But very seriously because he wanted he wanted people to enjoy the other part of the movie which is a well-built storyline which he wants to turn into what mean you are talking about a universe you know well a short universe maybe it's hard that's right. such a big word nowadays you know <laughs> franchise universes
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i want to talk a lot more about the ending but let's let's kind of take a step back to the beginning i uh, i really love the way they used rings as ring gates and like how they just Like, in Sonic the Hedgehog, it was all about the rings, and the second you got hit by something and all your rings flew out in this fractal pattern, it felt like you were stabbed in the chest as a player. Like, it was this weird moment in video game history where you getting hit by a single move, you didn't just blink red and lose a heart on your interface, Sonic, like gripped in pain and rings flew everywhere. And all he did was like mad dash to try to get all the rings back. And it was like paramount that you get all those fucking rings back. The way that they portrayed that in this movie, it was perfect. It was brilliant. It was, it was clearly done by someone who is a fan and, Oh yeah. Sega made the movie. So there is definitely an element of not too many cooks in the kitchen with this movie. There is one cook and the cook is Sammy Sega. And that's good.
1: <laughs> I, you know, bringing up the rings, I thought the comment, and I don't really want to spoil it. And also, I can't remember it perfect verbatim, but when he brings up the ring tech, he makes a comment that really just plays well to any sci fi fan. And I really chuckled at it. He, he, about the rings and how it teleported him to any planet he thought of. And he's like, how he said something about how all great technology by aliens or something like that is like ring based or something like that. <laughs> it just made me Chuckle thinking of the star and the expanse. And other like that. I'm just like, he, dude, was that, is that, I swear that's what he was trying to do right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. And there's a lot of funny in this movie. So this is mostly a comedy movie and The comedy is interesting. So there's like little elements of comedy that you wouldn't even expect. Like Crazy Carl. Crazy Carl is like a character out of an Adam Sandler movie. He's like the town drunk who everyone laughs at, who's like, hey, the the blue demon, he comes to my farm and steals my apples and I've, I almost caught him once and, You know, you know what it's like? It's like Beauty and the Beast, where Gaston is laughing at Belle's dad, who's like the crazy inventor who's like, there's a beast who abducted my daughter, and they're all just fucking laughing at him. Uh, It's like that, and. It's a very interesting character when you compare the rest of the tone of the movie cuz it feels really out of place. It feels like something that should be in Billy Madison rather than a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And I really loved how when you get about uh oh, like a third through the movie and the whole road trip part starts and Cyclops is like yo so you've just been, you know, like stalking us for like this whole time and we know. he's yeah, like, man. "Well, yeah, but crazy Carl—he knew I was around. You guys should really call him Carl the Observant. Like that Super line observant. made me <laughs> <Yeah>. roll.
1: <laughs> that was probably one of the best jokes. <laughs> I think it was. It, it, I think it was so funny because it's a deep cut on a societal level. It's like yep. making fun of the pre- the doomsday preppers or the tinfoil hat, the conspiracy people. You know, you take you take these people that just are. As Sonic would put it, far more observant. They look at the details a little bit more than you think they should, and you call them crazy for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it turns out, you
0: might want to give them a little bit of credit. (laughs) Yeah. And and then in the very beginning, another thing I really loved is fucking Sonic the Hedgehog is doing his little stalking rounds where he goes around town stalking people to hang out with (laughs) them. And he he gets to uh, Donut Lord and uh, Pretzel Lady's house. And uh they put on speed with Keanu Reeves and fucking Sonic the Hedgehog is sitting there like, Yes, speed. Keanu Reeves is a national treasure, and I'm just like sitting there like even Sonic the Hedgehog knows that Keanu Reeves is a national treasure. That's how great Keanu Reeves is.
1: <laughs> you know, that brings us to another point. How did they get so many different IPs permission? In this movie, there is a lot, and I mean a lot of uh, previous. I don't know what you call them. Just
0: well, I'll sh- tell you why. Speed was because Speed is owned by Paramount Studios, who also published Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's how they got Speed. I don't know about the rest, but for There's Speed, a lot of references. Of oh, movie. there is. There is a lot of references and. I loved how the, the portrayal of Sonic was, it, it was childlike. They portrayed him as a child, which I'm fine with. And I think that's why you think this is a kid's movie is because Sonic basically is a kid. In this movie.
1: Well, funny enough is they, they, they go out of their way to make sure that Sonic grew up with us. though. Mm-hmm. In, in yep. the movie's timeline, Sonic started out as a baby when we started playing the video games. And by the time we grew up, he was grown up. That's kind of like when he was watching Speed, you know? He had watched Speed before. You know, that's what that scene was showing is that he was a fan of the movie Speed and that he'd seen it many times, which means he grew up with us as we were playing the game, which was kind of a weird, cool, uh, meta thing,
0: you know? It was very meta. And there's a lot of meta references in this movie. And one of the ones I liked the most was the fact that and it's so slick the way they did this. And that's another reason why I think the script had a lot of drafts and it was very well crafted because towards the end, they started calling Robotnik Eggman. And as any like hardcore Sonic fan knows, Eggman is what Robotnik was called in the Japanese version of the game. So th- it's such a deep cut. Like we're talking a super deep cut reference that they, they didn't just flippantly mention one time in the movie. I think they called him Eggman like three times, right? Towards the end. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So like they basically changed his name towards the end of the movie back to Eggman from Robotnik. And I just thought that was a really great, like, nod to the hardcore fans that know everything about Sonic. Well, for which, sure. Which Maybe are if, gonna be the ones bankrolling this this franchise if it's well, gonna be successful.
1: They're gonna be the ones taking their kids to this movie.
0: Oh yeah, and yeah. creating a new generation of Sonic fans.
1: Exactly. You know, so it's like that's why I say it's a kid's movie. You know, it's it's a movie for us, no doubt. I don't think it making it being a kid movie takes away in any way from it being a movie for us. It's just it it actually is a compliment on how well constructed the script and the, the movie overall is that it has that many hints and references and subtleties to our childhood and also a lens to, you know, the, the, the better movies coming out of like Pixar and Disney and stuff like that, where they're just, they're the best kid, pretty much the best kid in movies that come out nowadays. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Disney gave up. It's so funny how Disney, they, like As soon as Toy Story 1 came out and Disney's like, oh, Pixar did this for how much money? Wait, what? <laughs> 3D modeling is like one-tenth the price of hand-drawn art? Oh, shit. Fuck all this noise. We're just giving this shit to Pixar. It's like ever since, Disney just gave up. They don't make movies anymore. They just outsource to everyone. They make Pixar movies and Marvel movies. They don't fucking make Disney movies anymore. It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, it gives it. Those are two ways of making movies that allow them to make a a polished process that increases their revenue stream to the max. You know, imagine the idea of setting up the MCU franchise. They get them you know, make movies. Uh, they make a movie timeline that's twenty years out. You know, and then they get to sign these deals with actors that are eight years, ten years long. You know, it's probably a lot, probably leaves them so much room to make money. You know, because with uh, typical movies, you make one, it's a blockbuster. Then that next, the next movie act, actor, you want that actor to come back? Shit, you're gonna pay them triple, quadruple, whatever the fuck it is, right? Now with MCU, it's like you sign this contract and you're this character for eight fucking years, whether you're a success or not, bitch. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's it's really interesting what disney's done with like reshaping what a kid's movie is (laughs) it's funny because when i was a kid i would have killed for what the mcu became in the 2010s it's amazing what happened with like starting with the original iron man and going all the way up to infinity war what happened with comic book movies was unprecedented and cataclysmic and in my time, when I was reading X-Men comics and watching X-Men on cartoons in the 90s, I would have never dreamed we would have got anything like that, and I would have fucking loved it. And it's amazing that Disney had the foresight to kind of be like, wait a second. We're going about this all wrong. Marvel's already making the kids' movies. We just haven't ported them to film yet.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was just a revenue stream way to be taken
0: advantage of Yes it was I mean, and
1: hindsight, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's pretty much what Hollywood does.
0: <laughs> it is. What, what do it you definitely think
1: making original content nowadays?
0: <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about uh, the voice actor for Sonic the Hedgehog? Did you like him? I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I liked him. I thought he was good, but the entire movie all I could think of was that what a missed opportunity. To not cast Paulie Shore as Sonic, <laughs> wouldn't he have been an amazing Sonic the Hedgehog? Can't you just think like just think of Encino Man? Uh, fucking, what is the movie where he plays a farmer? Uh, fucking, he goes back from college with the girl to the farmland. Oh um. God, what is that movie called? <laughs> Whatever, just think of every Paulie Shore movie from the '90s. Think about how he acts, and then think about Sonic. Like, think about all of Sonic's lines and just imagine Polly Shore doing them. Wouldn't it have been perfect?
1: You know, I'm a big Polly Shore fan. I think he deserves another chance. So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think he
0: should have been Sonic's voice actor. I hope they at least gave him an audition. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he didn't do it good and they just passed him over someone else. But, like, how can you not give Polly Shore an audition? Like, I feel like his voice was made for Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Well, definitely after watching the movie, it's like just the the style of where they were trying to bring Sonic, it would have made sense. Pauly oh, Shore yeah. definitely fits, no doubt.
0: Oh, yeah. <sighs> but, um, all right, so uh, quickly, you know, the beginning of this movie we talked about, you start on Green Hill Zone and on Alien Planet, you know, uh, Baby Sonic's attacked with Al by the Knuckles people and sent to Earth. And, you know, he grows up and, man, it starts off with this cool-ass song from the 80s slash 90s when they first introduce you slightly grown-up Sonic on Earth. And I'm thinking, okay, cool, this is going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy with a really cool 80s, 90s soundtrack. Uh, No, that was the only song like that. The rest of the movie, they just use garbage music. The, the soundtrack was such a disappointment. It was probably the biggest disappointment of this entire movie was the soundtrack. What do you think? Like When I look at this, I think why didn't you just take the actual Sonic the Hedgehog music and use that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I only really paid attention to two song. I mean, two songs really only stood out to me, I should say. And that was the Queen song at the beginning, which I thought was a perfect fit. I was, was like, man, in hindsight, I was like, this song was made for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, and then the second one was the one that Dr. Robotnik danced to inside of his van when he he made the breakthrough with Sonic's Electricity. And, I mean, it really wasn't my cup of tea as, as far as the music was, but I was paying attention to the lyrics, and I all, and, and main, most importantly, just the beat of the music. And I thought it was a remix of original Sonic it stood, it kind of, I,
0: I'm there was a remix sure. of original, they did, yeah. they did a remix of the Green Hills Zone theme, but, but that it was on cool. piano and it was in a that different was, scene. Okay. But yeah, what you're talking about was not Sonic music. And
1: I, I heard the beat and uh, I was like, is this a remix of a, of a Sonic
0: beat? I'm not, I just, no, uh, but it just, it felt like such a missed opportunity because I mean, here's the thing. I get it. A lot of people think Michael Jackson was a kid diddler, and people don't like Michael Jackson anymore, but here's the goddamn truth. Michael Jackson did the soundtrack to Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has some of the best Sonic music of all time, period. MJ did that soundtrack, and it was fucking amazing and michael jackson is one of the biggest sonic the hedgehog fans in the history of the planet he had like an entire uh room of his like mansion that was just sonic themed with every sonic game in arcade cabinets custom made like he had like your dream like he literally had it and maybe he used it to diddle kids i don't know i'm not a lawyer okay but what i'm saying Here's is we don't <laughs> we, we don't yeah okay <laughs> yeah we don't we don't confirm her tonight, but what I'm gonna say is, hey, why don't you throw a Michael Jackson song in there? I mean, he's the biggest fan of he's the biggest artist, and he loves Sonic. It's just like but instead you're putting in like this weird generic rap song in that bar fight scene, and I'm just like, dude what are you doing? That bar scene seems so out of place
1: too. It just it was it seemed weird, especially after. Uh, the speed scene and shit. I was like, did you guys really just use the scene as like a showcase to make a, you know, a popular example of? It? it reminded me. It seemed like they were really trying hard to do like the Quicksilver speed scene or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like why that just seemed really out of place. Like you were you set that bar s- story up just to do that scene?
0: Definitely. It was the only scene in the movie that I would have straight up cut out. And that being said, I really liked a part of it is a very brief part where the, the, you know, the bar junkies come up to Sonic and Cyclops donut Lord and say, we don't like you around here. And then donut Lord says some, some, you know, quirky remark. I forget exactly what he says back to him. And they respond like, no, Hipsters. And then this is probably the best acting the the voice actor of Sonic did the entire movie. Sonic just looks at him and says, how dare you it was just like the most genuine way possible. And I love that part of it, but everything else was super cringy. Like the beginning of it with like the, the Mexican garb that he was using as a disguise was just really kind of dumb. And then like his explanation of the bartender, like, Oh, he has a skin condition that makes him 43. Give us a mellow yellow. I was just like, what the fuck was that? That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And then when they finally get into the bar fight, that slow-mo shit. That's a cop-out, and I'm going to call the movie out on that. So, I like this movie, but they definitely cut some corners, and this one scene is one of them. So, instead of doing super fast Sonic stuff, which you would expect from a Sonic movie, instead, they slow time down so that Sonic can act in normal time where everyone else is frozen in place. Okay, I like bullet time as 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 much as the next Matrix fan, but I don't want it in my Sonic the Hedgehog game. I want speed and they just decided we can't do speed, it's too hard, and we're gonna use this cop-out measure. And not only that, they used the slowdown mechanic several times in this movie, and it got increasingly cringe as it went on.
1: Yeah, I think it's just cheaper and it's not as jarring to the non the non-critically observant you know yeah. some pe- you know there's a lot of people that will watch those scenes and just love the detail of how fast they could break it down but the majority of people are just going to be like oh whatever i uh, they'll just discount that and it just won't be worth the budget they had to throw at it to make that cool you know whereas the scene that's slow mo people observe it a lot more and the mass i mean I, I, maybe i'm talking my but i think that's just kind of yeah. where the rationale for that type of shit is but most importantly what was up with mellow Yellow?
0: <laughs> yeah, they must have paid for, they must for, have paid
1: yeah, dude, I forgot about Mellow Yellow as a <laughs> fucking soda and for some odd reason Sonic just loves it Sonic's not <laughs> yellow I didn't ever think that Sonic drank soda and if he did that Mellow Yellow a
0: citrus beverage would be the <laughs> yeah. choice like yeah. what the fuck is going on there I think it's supposed to be ironic because Sonic is like the opposite of Mellow I think that's what they were going for but either way it was oh. dumb that, that could be it because they made that joy that joke where he's just like
1: yeah totally i'll just relax <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and i think the best parts of this movie were like the buddy cop parts you know they're not they're not oh, i mean one of them's a cop but sonic's not a cop but this sort of was a buddy cop movie in a lot of ways and the part where one that sticks out right after the uh, bar fight thing they go to a hotel and uh donut lord's like yo I'm going to fall asleep watching TV. You should do the same, Sonic. And Sonic's like, but, 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 uh, this is my last day on Earth. I just want to have fun. And uh Cyclops is like, alright, dog, whatever you can do in this room, go ahead and do it. I'm out. And then it like does this, this is what I think the whole movie should have done. And this is my criticism. Instead of doing slow-mo, they do super speed. And you just see Sonic zooming around the room doing all this shit, and then he just eventually ends up on the bed in a bathrobe after he brushed his teeth, like, That was fun. (laughs) That is what I love about this movie. Like those moments. And I wish there was a few more of them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think they were just doing their best with trying to like manage those scenes. Cause I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people complaining that they did too much of that,
0: you know? Ah, man. Who would come? I don't know. I guess maybe, but I feel like the people that would complain about that are not the core demographic you're going after.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that just kind of speaks to how well it was constructed. You yeah. know, it was very well balanced with the people that are going to go see that movie because they grew up with the name, and then, you know, just maybe those same people bringing their kids to see it, even though Sonic hasn't been relevant for quite some time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so at this point is like when they start to like say, oh, hey, Donut Lord, you're a terrorist and you're being hunted by the USA as they're approaching uh, San Francisco. And eventually they get to San Francisco and they get to the skyscraper that Sonic lost his rings on. And they get to the top and he got him and everything was cool. And I'm just sitting here like, that seemed a little too easy. And of course, Dr. Robotnik shows up two seconds later. And this is the next scene they use the slow mo on. And again, I wanted to see the scene with super speed, not with slow-mo. It just cheapened it. I, w- I just don't want to see Sonic going slow. That's not what I want from Sonic. But, the again, the scene was saved by Jim Carrey because every goddamn line he utters in this movie is gold. And, uh,
1: <laughs> he did not have a bad scene.
0: No, no he really didn't. And from from here you go through like the the sonic versus robotnik city fight i mean there's this like very uh dramatic scene where he put sonic pushes uh donut lord and pretzel lady off of the ceiling off the roof and they're falling and he's fighting robotnik and then he Gets rid of all the drones and he goes down to save them at the last second and he teleports them back to the Green Hills, Montana, which I kind of liked. It was like this weird meta moment of a movie where it's like, yeah, you spent this entire movie traveling to get to San Francisco and then in a split second, you're back to where you started. I like that type of shit. So that was cool.
1: It was pretty meta.
0: It was. It was- <laughs> it was Man, <laughs> watch, bitch <laughs> and then sonic leads like a high-speed chase through san francisco with dr robotnik and that was all really cool one thing i want to ask is what in the fuck was up with pretzel lady's sister why was she such a cunt to cyclops <laughs> it seemed super odd you know
1: that was part of the movies where it didn't i don't i don't want to say it didn't make sense but it almost seemed like there was a ch- like a part of the movie they totally cut out and yeah. it made her character not make sense and they didn't pick up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> there must have been a scene they shot where like it made that character not like, you know, Tom Wachowski or whatever, that the cop, but they didn't add that in the final cut and it just like that character seamlessly just fucking hated that character's guts for some reason.
0: I don't know why. Yeah, it, it was, was weird. It was very weird and jarring. <laughs> and, like, the way that, like, the pretzel lady kind of, like, played it off, like, on the phone with Cyclops. She's like, well, no, but she did tell me to check your phone for dating apps. And, like, you see the the sister in the background, like, doing, like, her angry black woman face <laughs> over it. It's just, like, bitch- W- tell, Show me where he hurt you Like where did he touch you Like what's going on here <laughs> She fucking hated his guts Like to the point where uh, One point later on Or no it was right after Right after she hung up with, <laughs> with So right after Pretzel Lady hangs up with Donut Lord the, She turns around toward, Looks towards her sister And the sister goes D-I-B-O-R-S-E Divorce yeah, exactly. And I'm just like why? What, what is going on
1: here? <laughs> what did What did that scene do? There's nothing in that scene that made me think that was the measure that needed to be taken.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, that was a weird fucking character. And another weird character was the Soy Boy Police Chief from the from Green Hills. What the fuck was up with that guy? Like was he supposed to be stereotypical gay, or was he supposed to be stereotypical like latte drinking beta orbiter? Or was he supposed to be mocking both of them? I took him
1: as like the typical Barney and Barney uh stereotype, you know? Like he's just supposed to be the dumb cop side like deputy that Follows around the main police chief that has the whole town under his control,
0: you know? But he was the police chief. That's what made it weird to
1: me. Oh, are you talking about the character that actually bonded with Sonic? Or are you talking about the deputy at the station?
0: No, he's not the deputy, is he? I thought he was the chief in, uh Donut Lord's the deputy.
1: No, no, no. Did I get that you got reversed? It. Yeah, you totally got that backwards.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, that makes so yeah. much more sense now. I. That's so weird. I totally thought that the guy who was the soy boy was the leader no, and that, no, no. that Cyclops was the deputy. So you're saying it was the other way around. For
1: sure. For okay. sure.
0: Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. I was really confused by the whole thing. I thought it was supposed to be like a parody because like the deputy was calling him on a, as a terrorist on the cell phone or on the <laughs> phone, like calm down, bro. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> It was really funny. But uh, I guess that was all created in my mind. So, um, okay. So he's not as odd as I thought he was. But I will say that it was a very nice ending to this movie. So, like, where we're at right now is basically the end of the movie. And eventually we get back to uh, Green Hills. Sonic is back in Green Hills. Everyone's back in Green Hills. And and uh, Dr. Robotnik shows up in his drone Uh, like, tack fighter thing.
1: Powered by Sonic's energy.
0: Yes, powered by the feather of the Sonic's feather that Donut Lord Lord found at the beginning of the movie. Uh, This was probably my favorite scene of the entire movie. And the reason I say that is because, A, it's the final boss fight, and I always enjoy the final boss fight of everything I view or play. But because this was the most faithful part of this entire movie's portrayal of Sonic the Hedgehog. So they get into this boss fight. Sonic the Hedgehog charges his like superpower, but this time he controls it. And he goes after Robotnik as a spinning Sonic, bouncing like a pinball machine off of Robotnik, back off of a building, back onto Robotnik, back off of a power pole, back onto Robotnik, exactly as he would in the video game. And this made me smile. This whole scene, I was just like, this is what I wanted. If you told my kid self, hey, we want to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I would have said, okay, tell me what's going on. Well, Dr. Robotnik is Jim Carrey. Sonic the Hedgehog is super advanced CG, unlike anything you've ever seen. And this is how it's going to go. And they showed me that scene. I probably would have died of a heart attack as a 12-year-old child watching that shit. It was fucking awesome.
1: For sure. The only thing that was missing was bringing the, the small animals at the end. Like I thought about it, but honestly, after seeing the way number two is going to be set up, I'm pretty sure that's where they're going. I think by the time they get to the mushroom planet, he's going to enslave all the animals on that planet. I, I really Mm -hmm. think that's where they're going. And it's just awesome to think about that. how well, how accurately it's going to be. Yeah.
0: So let's, let's talk ending now. So, So what happens is that Sonic wins, of course, and sends Robotnik into the ring to the mushroom planet he didn't want to go into the whole time, which was great. That's such a great writing technique. Like, the place the main character was dreading going the whole movie, he ends up sending his worst enemy to instead. Perfect. Now, this is where it gets really good. Robotnik gets there. And he just takes it totally in stride. Most people would be panicking, having a heart attack, like, I what? I've been sent to an alien world with no infrastructure, no people, no food. I'm just fucked. People would be having a heart attack. Robotnik is like, nah, bro, I'm going to shave my head, become Eggman, and be like, you know... I'll be back on Earth in six months. Slow pan out of the mushroom world. That was so robotic, and the acting from Jim Carrey was so good, as usual. Dude, all his his,
1: great. That was his best scene, dude. How well it just cut to it. He's just dude. That was fucking hilarious. He's like, what do you say, Agent Stone? Actually. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you go do some <laughs> reconnaissance?
0: <rock> <laughs> <laughs> that was Bro, so good. I was dying, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a, a weird castaway reference, it but was, not. Dude. But it was at the same time. It was so good. <laughs> and so that that's the initial thing that sets up Sonic Two. So at this point, you're like, okay, there is a hundred percent of Sonic Two. For one thing, you are sending Jim Carrey to an alien planet, promising revenge. That means you have Jim Carrey under contract. And if you have Jim Carrey under contract, this movie is being made. This sequel is being made. So at that point, I'm already convinced that, uh, the sequel is being made. And so we leave and we go back to Earth and, you know, Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady is like, hey, Sonic, you can live with us instead. And, you know, they open the attic to their house and Sonic goes up and he sees all this stuff from his cave set up in the attic of Pretzel Lady and Donut Lord. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's a cool ending. We had Robotnik, and that was really cool. We have, like, the feel-good part with Sonic. That's really cool. And that's basically the end of the movie, and you're convinced that there's a sequel coming, right? You get through the initial credit sequence, and then you have a post credit scene. And Tails shows up. And, Nicholas, please tell me, What is the key difference between Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, the video game? The characters. Yes! I mean, it's literally in the
1: title, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Sonic and Tails.
0: (laughs) Yes! Tails is in Sonic 2. Tails is in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And they immediately say, oh, guess what? Tails is here! If you needed any more proof Sonic 2 is happening and that this movie was basically being built by people that know the original game trilogy like the back of their hand,
1: for sure. Exhibit and A that, and Exhibit B and, right here. And it would make total sense too because if Tails comes in to like pretty much notify Sonic that Dr. Robotnik is up to some shit on the mushroom planet, totally sets up Sonic and Tails, number Sonic the Hedgehog number two, and then I can easily see that movie progressing into them going back to their original planet where they where Sonic Baby and the Owl were to pretty much introduce Knuckles because the third game is Sonic and Knuckles. Mm-hmm. So uh
0: well no Sonic three and Sonic and Knuckles are different. Oh they are? Yes, they are. But I I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I think that basically they're going to wrap Sonic and Knuckles in through the trilogy. That's my guess. Okay. So I think that instead of doing Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic 4, they're going to do 1, 2, and 3 and just kind of wrap 4, which is Sonic and Knuckles, into the first three.
1: I didn't realize Sonic and Knuckles was a standalone.
0: It was and Sonic and Knuckles was really interesting because it was like a game uh, a game genie cartridge where you could plug in Sonic 1, Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge in the Sega and it changed how Sonic and Knuckles played. It was a different game depending on which other game you put into Sonic and Knuckles. It was very really revolutionary for its time, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really fucking cool. And I believe that we're not going to see Knuckles in Sonic 2, but I do believe we're going to see him in Sonic 3. I think that in I think the the villain of Sonic 2 is going to be Robotnik still, well, Eggman. It's going to be Eggman. And Sonic 3, I believe the villain will be Knuckles
1: or Shadow Sonic.
0: I'm not sure if Shadow is going <laughs> to
1: He's going to make the trilogy cut.
0: I don't Might think he's too far in. To yeah I think I don't think so, but it's possible. you know this is all speculation, but if I were to guess I'm gonna say it's gonna stick with Robotnik next movie and then go to Knuckles for the final movie, and then you know maybe if the trilogy just performs like gangbusters, they'll go past that and maybe you'll get shadow or something like that, but that's probably where it'll jump the shark and you know they'll stop making them most likely that makes sense, yeah. So, any other final thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog, the film? Uh, You know, keep this shit up.
1: That's all I can say. You know, if if they could bring in some other movies based on old IPs, dude, like how cool would it be to see like a Ninja Gaiden movie? How cool would it be to see like a Contra movie or... Uh. R.F.I. Uh, let's see what else can we come up with? A Brave Fensu Musashi
0: movie? God forbid, <laughs> you know. Like Fuck I'm still holding my breath. Man, listen, <laughs> Mega Man Command Mission movie. That's dude. all I want. Ew. Yeah, dude.
1: Honestly, when they called Doctor Robotnik Eggman, my mind immediately jumped to Rock. I was just like, man, how cool would it be if I was watching a Mega Man movie right now and they referenced Rockman? Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: and I, you're right. I think that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie does open the door for other video game movies because this movie proved that in the year 2020, on a small budget, you can make a very good video game movie.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it just goes to show you that CGI can save the hokiness. Like, Video game movies were plagued by this weird live action hokiness where they didn't really have the technology to fill in what humans couldn't do in a video game world you know but nowadays sonic really showcased that you know you can have a full cgi hedgehog based on some ridiculous shit totally interact with a real human storyline you know mm-hmm. whereas you look at other video game movies like you know blood rain and stuff like that it's just like god my fucking god yeah so it really gives me hope that this is an example of how to do it you know Mm -hmm. don't don't just like think a video game movie has to be the serious clear-cut uh you know hero or anti-hero movie it can be slightly comedic it can be cgi it can be hokey it can be whatever you want you know it doesn't have and things like mega man like you know i i think that's what sto- that's the that's kind of the mentality that stops movies like a mega man movie from ever happening you know because they're like how do you make a fucking android that shoots blasts out of its right arm and is based off a doctor named dr light <laughs> and blah blah, blah. you can you can keep on talking about the video game and it would just further the point of how you wouldn't make it into a movie right yeah. but sonic oddly enough showcases how that could actually happen yeah you know yeah so. well
0: i'll tell you right now they did make a Mega Man movie and it's called robocop <laughs> too real too real
1: Stay tuned on the crack cellar. We bil- <laughs> will be
0: reviewing the new director's cut that's coming out. <laughs> All right, well, broadcaster Nichols, as you know, on the crack cellar, we use the official patented Joker rating system. On this system, what do you rate Sonic the Hedgehog, the film? I give it five coronaviruses out of five. I'm just, you know, just
1: <laughs> um. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna reluctantly. Sometimes I wish our review system was overhauled, you know. But I'm gonna reluctantly <laughs> Listen, Give it
0: criticism gonna, of the podcast can be reserved for off-air activities, broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna reluctantly give it a walking because I think it deserves the top. I think it's a solidly good movie, and saying it was an A and not the best rank we could give it is kind of just not fair. But at the same time, I don't think it's this groundbreaking movie that everyone should go see. You know? So I don't know. For what it was, it was the best it could
0: be. Well, no, it's for you, it's it's an S yeah. it's, it's yeah, a joke. For, sure. for you because you're a Sonic fan. For a non-Sonic <laughs> fan, it's not gonna be. <laughs> yeah, a joke it's not the yeah, yeah, it's
1: really not gonna
0: be. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. And on this on a similar note, I'm gonna give it a jack. I'm gonna give it a simple jack because you know. It's a great movie. I think they could have done a little better. There were some things about it that I thought they fucked up. The bar scene's one of them. There's several little spots where I think they could have done better. But overall, I think this is one of the greatest video game movies of all time. It's in the top five for sure. For sure. For me... It's it's so weird, like when you compare video game movies, because some video game movies I love because of how ridiculous they are, like Street Fighter. Like <laughs> I fucking love the Street Fighter movie, mainly because of how fucking ridiculous it is, and like Raw Julia's yeah. per- portrayal of fucking M Bison with Bison Bucks and like all these things. I'm just like fucking love that movie but most people would look at it and say that's a that's a fucking Jared Leto, bro. What are you talking about? And I'm like, fuck you. That's a goddamn Joaquin Phoenix to me, you know what I mean? There's nothing more inherently villainous
1: <laughs> than a villain talking about the value of his own monetary yes. currency. You know, like
0: his face is on the bills. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'm like I'm going to give this a Jack Nicholson and with that, we will close out. Ready for some war zone Blackout.